and welcome to Myth Monsters. My name is Erin and I'll be your host for these little snack bite-sized podcasts on folklore and mythical monsters from around the world. These podcasts focus on the actual cryptids, folklore and mythic monsters from global mythology rather than focusing on the full stories of heroes and their big adventures. I'll also be dropping in some references that they have to recent culture and where you can see these represented in modern day content so that you can learn more and get as obsessed as I am about these absolute legends of the mythological world. It's the end of June. Thank goodness, one step closer to the end of summer. I am also wishing all of my Muslim followers a very happy and safe Eid this week. I didn't realise an Islamic monster would also end up on this same week, but what a happy accident. However, this one is a little bit more malevolent, so I hope this monster stays away from your festivities and feasts this week. So what monster am I talking about? It's the Shaitan. You already know this because, funnily enough, it's the name of the episode. But this monster is from Islamic folklore and so isn't from a specific place, but from a specific religion and culture. The Shaitan are generally described as evil spirits or demons within Islamic folklore, whose main job is to tempt humans into sin. They are completely invisible to us, however it is believed that they are grotesquely ugly and born from fire with horns on their heads like devils. In terms of their physical appearance, that is completely it, as they are invisible, we just don't know. But the one thing we do know is that they're really, really ugly, so nice thing to keep in mind. Interestingly though, the most common description of shaitan are that they are angels, but ones that are constantly conspiring against the word of God, or Allah in this case. They would teach sorcery, convince others to argue with faithful people, slip into angelic meetings and eavesdrop, interrupt prayer, and make evil suggestions to humans and other demons alike. However, they still are ultimately Allah's subjects, and so they still have to obey him, including sticking to non-believers and convincing them to agree with other non-believers and create a whole myriad of issues, I'm sure. But if they're connected to Allah, why are they considered demons? Well, this is because they're kind of an angel and a demon all in one. They're basically the most controllable evil within God's forces, There is a satanic figure within Islam too called Iblis. Iblis is the leader of devils and was thrown out of heaven for not bowing before the first man, Adam, becoming the first fallen angel that we know and love. There are other stories that Iblis was technically born a jinn, another demon within Islamic folklore, and he would not bow to Adam either because he considered him below him. Anyway, The Shaitan are led by Iblis, and some say that they are the offspring of him as well, and they do share the same name in Arabic, but what kind of actual powers do they have? Mostly, it's the power of temptation. They have the power to convince people to stray from the religion or the teachings of Islam. As well as this, they can be attached to non-believers as a punishment and tempt them to do these bad things. Now, they report all of this back to Iblis, although ultimately Iblis and the Shaitan still operate under Allah as the temptation from the right choice. They are described sometimes as angels of punishment, which you can kind of imagine with their angelic and demonic nature. Another is that they're able to possess people, 
and make them do these evil things themselves. These monsters will then take orders from Iblis too, meaning that they can encourage murder, rebellion in men, as well as the basic stuff, so it can get pretty hairy. If you did find yourself possessed, you could scream or drum it out of yourself, but I guess only if you were conscious that you were actually possessed by one, otherwise you would have to convince other people to do that for you. How could you stop one though if you thought it had been attached to you? Well, you could try to be good. The idea is that it tries to put you on the right path again, and it's probably the easiest way. However, you can also scare them away using handmade clay bowls with Arabic phrases carved around them and putting them in the corners of your house to catch them. It's also suggested you stay away from graveyards as these are the general meeting places of these demons and are pretty much unlucky as a whole. Or you could use talismans or amulets or name your children after animals to frighten them away. There are also some sources that they are born of the blood of a murdered person. These are quite few, but you could stop this preemptively by sticking a clean silver nail into the blood or the body of that person after death. Now, on to etymology. The word shaitan comes from the Arabic word shaitan, which very literally means Satan. However, it can also mean devils or demons, as well as adversary and unclean spirit. There are a few different spellings to this word too, and honestly, I probably chose one of the more uncommon ones, and I apologise for that but they are all pronounced the same way, so it is quite hard to explain on a podcast. But the best thing I can do is say you can spell it with an I instead of a Y, or without the H. So you can kind of imagine it based on the spelling on your phone that's telling you what this episode is called. But that's the best I can do. Sorry about that. In terms of history, of course, this one is a little bit complicated. It always gets a bit tricky when it comes to religion and religious folklore, because a lot of the time we still have active followers and as well as that, the texts that belong to that religion are the main source of everything to do with this monster. And so it doesn't feel very interesting, but I promise it is. But of course, this all comes from the Quran and there's no real date of the creation of the monsters, but it was written down in around 610 to 632 AD and is the Islamic holy text. Of course, we know this is a very, very long time ago, and we do only really have this one for background. So it's not very varied in terms of sources, but it does have some good stories in there about the shaitan too. One of these stories is that they were Solomon's slaves. Solomon was a prophet of the Israelites and a prophet of God, and had a magical ring and staff bestowed upon him. With this, he could speak to animals and to demons, such as the jinn, and he eventually used this power to enslave the shaitan and the jinn. They built monuments for him out of brass and copper. However, as the story goes on, a woman asks Solomon to build a statue of her father, and Solomon eventually found her worshipping it. Therefore, God got one of the shaitan to steal the ring of power and take over Solomon's kingdom in complete and utter protest for heresy. Eventually, Solomon repents and gets his kingdom back, building an almighty temple to God and lived happily ever after. The last story that I have is of Adam. I've kind of talked about him already in this, 
but probably the most important story of Adam and the first people in every religion is of course temptation. Iblis, the leader of the shaitan, was actually the one who caused Adam to eat from the forbidden tree. However, he didn't eat the fruit. We don't know what he ate, but he ate something else. And then there was an argument between God and Adam as he hadn't eaten the forbidden fruit, and therefore he was punished and his immortality was taken away, but he wasn't killed. He was exiled, of course, and the human race was born completely mortal because of it. But, most importantly, the human race was born with the choice and freedom to follow the path that is right or the path that is wrong. It's completely up to them, we have free will. The shaitan clearly have an incredible influence in the Islamic religion and still affect day-to-day life for worshippers. One of my favourite hadiths with this, and hadiths are kind of suggestions to follow in day-to-day life, are that the shaitan have two horns on their heads, and so when the sun sets and rises, it's between them, which is when the gates of hell are completely open. So Muslims are actually encouraged not to pray during this time. Another is that during Ramadan, which is the Islamic fasting month, which is followed by the first Eid of the year, so not this one that we're currently in, it's the one in April, the shaitan are chained up in hell so as not to disturb the tradition. And lastly, shaitan are said to eat with their left hand, and so it's encouraged to eat with your right. And these are just the day-to-day suggestions that hadiths bring, and I love that the shaitan are still really involved in these. Of course, when talking about the shaitan, jinn do come up a lot within the same folklore, and are equally influential to modern-day Islam. These have been interpreted as genies within the modern media, and within Western influence and the Western language, but these are incredibly powerful demons or spirits within the culture, and there is a hierarchy within demonology within Islam. These monsters work alongside shaitan, and as I said earlier, It's sometimes said that Iblis himself was a jinn, so it's implied that maybe they're even more powerful and influential within the Islamic demon hierarchy than we even thought. I did cover them about a year ago, if you're interested, there is a whole podcast on them. But lastly, we can of course compare this to Christianity and their views on the whole angel versus demon setup within the Christian faith. Of course, I grew up in a westernised Christian country as well, so a lot of my influence growing up was from a Christian perspective, so naturally I grew up with that perspective, and I can associate this very much to Christianity and the setup there, with the first man, the god versus the devil, all of that kind of thing. You can kind of compare these two, but of course they are very different, but you can certainly see the similarities in terms of their actual monster quote-unquote setup with angels and demons. I actually think these are almost the closest to Nephilim, which are a race of hybrid angels and demons that have a good and bad side. They are from Christian folklore, I would say, but they are quite prevalent within modern media. I did cover these last year if you are more interested as well, but I think that's probably the closest thing. They're this mixture of good and evil, and they represent this balance within all of us as the human race, as well as our almighty powers, whoever you may worship. Now, onto modern media. I'm afraid Shaitan are really quite elusive, and so there really aren't many this week, I'm afraid. So what I've done here is I've mostly involved the media with Islamic-inspired demons, 
including Jin's as well. And really, they're the biggest ones. So you'll find there's a lot of crossover here with the suggestions from the Jin episode. For art, though, they are an ancient monster. And as well as this, they are not in many carvings or ancient portraits either. The only one is the one I used in my advertising this week, which is the depiction of the Shaitan by Siya Kalam from the 16th century. There's not even much in the independent art space this week, I'm afraid. I really struggle to find something for just my advertising, let alone to get an inspiration of what they might look like. But in movies, we have Aladdin, Aladdin and the Return of Jafar, Clash of the Titans, When Evil Calls, Kazam, Wishmaster, DuckTales the Movie, and The Outing. For TV, we have JoJo's Bizarre Adventures, One Piece, Dragon Ball, American Gods, Charmed, I Dreamed of Genie, Once Upon a Time, The Witcher, Supernatural, Power Rangers, Twilight Zone, Ultraman 80, Wizards of Waverly Place, Dukes of Hazard, X-Files, Angel, Fraggle Rock, Fairly Odd Parents, Lazy Town, and Sabrina the Teenage Witch. For video games, we've got a few such as Golden Sun, Nino Kuni, Wrath of the White Witch, Age of Wonders, Cuphead, Destiny, The Sims, RuneScape, Final Fantasy, Wario Land, Pokemon, Baldur's Gate, Mario Party, Wildflowers, Skylanders, World of Warcraft, Guild Wars, Uncharted 3, Metopia, Terraria, Sonic and the Secret Rings, Battleborn, The Witcher 3, and The Secret World. Now, my book recommendations this week are either the Encyclopedia of Eastern Mythology, Legends of the East, by Rachel Storm, for a great summary of all of these Arabic folklore stories, or The World of Angels and Demons, What Does Islam Say?, by Zaid Shah for some more specific demonology studies within Islam, and it does cover both these and the jinn as well. Now it's time for... Do I think they existed? Oh, that was a bit off-key this week. I'm not sure about this one, as they are a bit of a mix of angels and demons, and whilst I struggle with the idea of angels myself, the idea of demons, in contrast, I find very easy to believe. And it might be because I consume more media to do the demons than I do angels, but I think it's pretty strange in myself. I do really like, though, that they still have to take orders from God, and then actually the lines between God being a fully good being definitely get a bit blurry. But it is said that God will always bring you back to the right path too, although it does kind of contradict itself. I love the idea that monsters have some kind of impact within modern times, even though from a religious perspective, I imagine they're a bit annoying and it's a weird thing to say, but if you take all of the religion out of it, it's a really interesting concept. However, I think that the battle between good and evil is definitely not black and white, and interpretation, religion, culture, society, and even personal morals come into all of it, making it a really difficult thing to put on paper. There are very few rules that come into all religions. Even murder is sometimes one that is acceptable in some situations, but everything is morally subjective at the end of the day. Saying this, I'm not encouraging murder. I just want to completely ensure myself there. It is an observation rather than advice. But what do you think? Did the shaitan cause havoc in the heavens? Let me know on Twitter. I would really love to know what you think. 
What an interesting monster though. I really enjoy covering demons from different religions. They all have such individual takes on everything separately and this one is no exception. And I do, again, really love the contrast between the angelic and the demonic in this monster. It's such a weird juxtaposition that I really find so fascinating to look at. Next week though, we are heading back over to our lovely ancient Egypt for the first time in ages and I've really missed it and I will say with ancient Egypt it's one of those big cultures that everyone idolises like the Greeks, the Romans, the Norse, these big mythologies. However the problem with Egypt as a thing, ancient Egypt that is, is that actually they don't have many monsters themselves. And it gets really tricky with Egypt and their gods because a lot of their gods could be considered hybrids and we could class them as monsters, but it gets a little bit tricky. So in terms of actual monsters, there's like six. So I do have to space them out so that you don't have years of not getting any ancient Egypt content. So for next week, we are looking at the very strange hybrid monster, funnily enough, the Serpapod. So... Come slithering in and ready to pounce next Thursday for this weird leopard-snake hybrid. A little bit of a spoiler there. For now, though, thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating on the service you are listening on. I've got the Twitter for any questions or suggestions on what monsters to cover next, and I'd really love to hear from you. The social media handles for TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram are Myth Monsters Podcast. And the Twitter is MythMonstersPod. But all of our content can always be found at MythMonsters.co.uk and you can find us on Good Pods, Buy Me A Coffee and Patreon if you want to help me fund the podcast too. I've got exciting news about my guest spot on Chat Tsunami. That should be out the end of July. I'm really excited for you to hear it. It was such a fun chat and I really recommend following him on everything and giving his podcast a listen. He is a fantastic guy, very, very funny. And we had a great conversation that I cannot wait for you to hear. So as soon as that's ready, I will send the links through. But come join the fun. Share this with your pals. They might love me as much as you do. And for now, stay spooky. And I'll see you later, babes. Bye.